الحمد للہ الحمد للہ وقف وصلاۃ وسلام علی عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشیطان الرجیم بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم وما هذه الحیات الدنیا الا لهو ولعب وان الدار الاخره لهي الحيوان لو كانوا يعلمون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم روح القلوب ساعه فساعه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected brothers and elders sisters in islam everything that we go about in life then we have certain things that we give prior importance to because these are the priorities they are the objectives they are things which get secondary importance because they are of a secondary level this is something in every aspect of life person comes to study in a university he goes to high school university wherever he may be so there is an objective that he has he needs to go through the paces in terms of the curriculum and pass get a good result so that he may progress and he has a vision that he's got a career in front of him he needs to move on and gain that what he wants in life through that career of his so all this is his objective but at the same time there are many things that he will do on the side he will sit with his friends sometimes and he will be having some kind of light hearted moments with them sometimes somebody might invite him to a braai during some break during the study times somebody might even engage in some kind of sporting activity obviously within the limits of sharia and deen so all these things will happen but supposing somebody is asked that why did you go to this particular school so he says well actually the school has excellent sporting facilities and they arrange very good excursions so this is why i have come i have come for the excursions that i arrange in the school and then he lives from one excursion to the next that is what drives him that is what me in the morning and come because there's an excursion and as far as his studies are concerned that is not really concerned he's not interested whether he passes or fails that doesn't bother him so obviously at the end of that year he is not going to pass so when that result comes home parents are going to be extremely disappointed that you wasted our money you wasted our time we sent you not to be engaging in all the other sideline things that was sideline what was meant to have happened is to have studied hard and got a good pass so you made the sideline things your objective so when that becomes a situation obviously that really creates havoc that creates a major turmoil in a person's life because he cannot carry on forever that he can continue making the sideline his objective and carry on with life some way is going to crash badly so likewise we have come in dunya we are in this world we are not here by chance and neither are we here forever and nor do we know when is going to be our moment of moving on there is no guarantee that we are going to live beyond our study days or beyond our 20s and 30s 
or we will reach 50. I have no guarantee of what's the next moment and neither any of us have a guarantee. So when this life is so uncertain but yet so important that so many things carry on in life for this insan. So what is our object of life? This is something to determine. Why are we here? So the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has spelled this out to us. That we have created this insan, this human being and jinn only liya'budun. This is the objective. That they may worship me. And this worship is a very comprehensive word. It's not confined to salah only. Salah is a very fundamental aspect of worship. One of the pillars of Islam. But it's a complete way of life. Every aspect of our life is part of ibadat. Whether it is pertaining to our salah, whether it pertains to a person's dealings, whether his social life, his character, how he lives with his family, everything is part of ibadat. And that will become ibadat when he is doing it the way Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. And this is actually hinged on the primary aspect, liya'budun, which is the Mufassirin explained, liya'rifun. So that he may recognize me, to recognize Allah Ta'ala. Recognize our creator and sustainer. This insan, this mu'min, this believer recognizes who his rabbi is. He is not under any illusion of any sort that, na'uzu billah, he came from some monkey. That is not anywhere in the, any recess, any small bit of it in his mind also. He understands what a fallacy this is. That this great creation of Allah Ta'ala just came from a monkey from nowhere. So he doesn't believe such foolishness. He recognizes the creator of, the creator of insan. That who created him? Who brought him from nothingness? Who created all these wonderful faculties in him? Who enabled him to see? And who enabled him to hear? And who enabled him to speak? And who enabled him to do everything that he does in life? It's only Allah Ta'ala. So he recognizes his creator. And when he recognizes Allah Ta'ala, then he submits to Allah Ta'ala. Then he submits in terms of his five times salah. He submits in terms of how he uses his eyes. He submits in how he talks. Allah Ta'ala says, say to my servants to speak that which is best. Not to speak something that is hurtful or to backbite about anybody or to be vulgar in any way. So he will submit in his tongue, his hands and feet, in every aspect of his life he will submit to the creator that he has recognized. So this is his primary object in life. This is his objective that he must recognize Allah Ta'ala and he must submit himself and serve Allah Ta'ala. This is his objective. But together with this objective, he is in dunya, Allah Ta'ala has created insan with needs. There are various needs. He needs to eat and drink. He needs a shelter. He needs to earn a living. He needs to take care of his family. He needs to do many things. So these are his needs. And Allah Ta'ala has given him ample leeway to fulfill all these needs in a way that is well within the limits of Shariat and Deen. There is ample leeway within the limits of Shariat and Deen that he will be able to fulfill all these needs. And likewise, among the various needs that this insan has is the need to rest and relax sometimes. This too is his need. That he needs physical rest, 
No person can carry on 24 hours one way without stopping, without taking a break, without sleeping for a while. So he needs physical rest. Just as he needs physical rest, he also needs some mental relaxation from time to time. This is his need. If a person continues non-stop, then he will, as they say, get burnt out. So he needs to mentally relax himself sometimes. Even this need has been catered for in our beautiful deen. In this perfect deen that Allah Ta'ala has given us, اليَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَةِ وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامُ دِينَ On the occasion of Hajjatul Wada, the last pilgrimage, this ayat was revealed barely some 81 days before Rasulullah left this dunya. So right at the end of time of his mission in dunya as the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, this ayat Allah Ta'ala revealed that today we have perfected for you your religion, your deen. And we have fulfilled and completed our bounty upon you. And this deen of Islam is what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with us, pleased with as our way of life. So in any case, this deen is complete, it's perfect, it has taken care of every need of insan. And whenever somebody went on some extreme, Nabi Islam brought them onto moderation. Once three sahaba came, and they inquired from the azwaj mutahharat the chaste wives of Rasulullah Obviously, this communication used to happen from behind the curtain and veil. And out of need, they would come and inquire the masail of deen. So, in any case, they inquired what was the manner in which Nabi Islam spent his night. During the hours that he would be indoors, how would he spend his time? So, they were told that he would spend so much of time in ibadat, so much of time resting, etc., whatever the details were. So they misunderstood the whole thing. They thought that, well, this is something fine for Nabi Wasallam because after all he is masoom, he is sinless. But we are weak servants of Allah Ta'ala. We cannot afford to be spending any time resting. So one person made a decision there that as of today, I am going to fast every day of my life. Besides obviously what is not permissible the five days in the year, every day of my life I am going to fast. I am not going to skip one day. The month of Ramadan is compulsory, apart from that all the nafil fast are keep keeping. One person said, the entire night I am going to be performing salah. I am never going to spend one moment resting. The third person made a decision, I am never going to get married. Because all this will become an obstacle in fulfilling the total and 100% time for the devotion towards Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Islam came to know about this, so he came to them. He says, you people were speaking this. So they acknowledged, yes, we were discussing and this is what we decided. Nabi Islam replied to them and said to them that, Inni asumu wa uftir. First Nabi Islam said to them that, Inni akhshakum lillahi wa atqaakum bi. That you are trying to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. You want to become very, very pious. Then listen to me. There is nobody more fearful of Allah Ta'ala and who has greater taqwa than myself. Because he is the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And who can come anywhere close to one fraction of the rank of the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala? So I have the greatest level of taqwa, but at the same time listen to the other side of it. That I have this complete moderation, that inni asumu wa uftir. I sometimes, some days fast, the nafil fasts. Mondays and Thursdays was like almost a standard. And apart from that, other days also sometimes in the week. And likewise wa uftir, some days I don't fast. Wa usalli wa arqud. Part of the night I spend in ibadat, in nafil salah, in tahajjud. But there's also part of the night, wa arqud, I also rest, I sleep. 
And this mental relaxation is also something from the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam we find. In one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, sa'a. That comfort the heart from time to time, lighten things a bit. Then you open many books of the, the major compilations of hadith, you'll find one chapter. The chapter on the mizah, mizahu Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Babu ma ja'a fi mizahi Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The light-heartedness of Rasulullah sallallahu That there were light-hearted moments he would have with his wives, with the Sahaba. Now what was his light-heartedness for? He didn't need it. He was beyond this. But to comfort others around him. To make them feel little relaxed. So this too was part of this mental relaxation. So all this is catered for us in deen. But where does the problem come then? The problem comes as we discussed right at the beginning that there are some things which are priorities which are the objectives and some things are just the sideline. But when the matter becomes confused the person starts making the sideline things he starts making the needs into objectives and that becomes a major problem. Now the person made the excursions and the sports the object of his going to school and for his going to university at the end of the day when the time of the result comes he's going to fail because he made the need into the objective so as a result the objective suffered this is what unfortunately becomes the situation when this mental relaxation when this mental relaxation becomes the objective and this mental relaxation takes the name of entertainment and this entertainment now starts driving a person in his life. This is basically the western way of life. And this further than that, the western way of life is, the crux of it is, make money, have fun. That's the bottom line. Make money, have fun. Anything else, that is all secondary. This is primary. And then there's one step beyond that. There are those people who live in this world, who have a declared belief that this entertainment, this fun, that this is the object of life. They call themselves hedonists. And the definition that is given of the hedonist is that pleasure is the sole purpose of life. And then further, the acquisition of it is the ideal aim of conduct. What does this ideal aim of conduct refer to that whatever it takes to get the fun and pleasure there's no rules there's no inhibitions there's no restrictions and barriers there's no such thing as a difference between nikah and zina you must live your life to the full and enjoy what you want to nobody must ask you anything or tell you anything this is what life is all about have fun because there's no objective of life besides this and there are those who live their lives as this being their belief system. So then they become no different to animals. The animal has got no restrictions, no inhibitions. 
And animal just does as it wants, way it wants. Doesn't make any difference to an animal. Animal doesn't has any distinction between a public place and a private place. Animal is an animal. But many insan unfortunately, which is the Quran Sharif then describes the same thing. In whom illa kal anami bal hum adal. Quran Sharif is speaking. That they are like animals rather worse than animals. Because the animal doesn't have that level of intelligence. But this insan was blessed with that level of intelligence. And he totally discards that intelligence to behave like an animal. So he's worse off. So this is where the big problem comes. When this entertainment becomes the object of life. And when this becomes the object of life, everything goes haywire. Now one is that group of people who call themselves hedonists. Then there are others in this dunya and this world who alhamdulillah, they are not hedonists. They have iman. They have iman. Allah Ta'ala keep us with this iman, take us with iman, raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman. This is the greatest wealth that we have been blessed with. Person has nothing else and he has his iman intact. He has the greatest wealth that anybody can ever be blessed with. And if a person has his whole dunya for himself, but he's deprived of iman, then he's got nothing in reality. Because his eyes will close and he'll be forever in perpetual doom. So in any case, there are those who have iman. And there are others also who believe in some other things, which obviously are futile, but nevertheless they are not hedonists in belief. But when it comes to practical life, day-to-day life, we live our life sometimes, by the, in the manner that a hedonist lives. How? That that fun and entertainment, that will dictate what he does, when he does it, how he does it. But if a person has iman, then what happens? That he will make some space for deen, for Islam, in the gaps. First, what will be dictated? What will be the primary thing will be, what is his pleasure? What is his fun? What is his entertainment? So if the game allows for salah to be performed on time, well and good. Otherwise the game will be first. And if salah happens, it happens. doesn't happen, well that's by the way. So now this deen became the secondary thing. Now this is the hiddenest way of life. The primary thing will be his entertainment. And that will dictate what he does. How he does it. What he, where he goes. What he will give preference to. What will be his priorities. So when this becomes the situation, on the one side while Dean has catered for this need for this mental relaxation, but that is like salt in the food. There's a whole pot of food. The pot of food, how much salt does it require? So in that pot of food, depending on the size of the pot, it might require one or two spoons of salt. But now a person says that this salt, without this salt, this food is flavorless. All the ingredients are there, everything else is there. And it's an excellently prepared meal. But the salt is missing, then is a person eating like without any taste in it. So the salt is everything, the salt is bringing the taste. So now put a whole cup full of salt inside. Because after all it's the salt. Without the salt it's tasteless. So put a whole cup full of salt. Now where there was two spoons required, he put a full cup full. So what's going to be the end result of that food? Who's going to be able to eat it? It's going to, in simple terms, totally spoil that food. So that excellent food got spoiled when this was beyond its limit, more than what was required. Likewise, this, en- this entertainment in inverted commas, which really has got its own connotations in this time, 
is not the word that we should be discussing in our context. But this mental relaxation, this is the salt in the food. But let alone putting one cupful, generally we are trying to put a whole as much as that pot, as big as that pot is to fill it up with salt. So now what's the end result? The whole life becomes spoiled. A person's marriage becomes spoiled. His relationship with his parents becomes spoiled. His relationship with others becomes spoiled. And he spoils his dunya and suddenly when the angel of death comes to take him, he spoils his akhirat also. His everlasting life of the hereafter because he filled that whole pot with salt. So now when that became the main thing, one piece of meat here and there, some little bit. Besides that he wants salt all the time, then salt is going to spoil everything in that quantity. So this is the crucial aspect that this mental relaxation is that salt in the food. And if you will stay in that limit, then inshallah it will bring flavor to life. Within the limits of Shariat and Deen. And this is something which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi has explained to us practically. Once Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was traveling, Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, his beloved wife was with him, and there were others also, and the Azwadi Mutaharat, when they would be traveling, then they would be in an enclosed, what is termed as a hodaj, an enclosed carriage. So in any case she was traveling with, at some point, Nabi Sallallahu said to the Sahaba, Taqaddamu, you move on. Leave us behind, you move on, we'll catch up with you just now. So everybody moved on, and when they were out of sight, Nabi Sallallahu said to us, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, that come out now, and I'm going to raise you. Now this was something that was part of this mental relaxation. This was a light moment between spouses, that I'm going to raise you. So Aisha Nana says that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi then raced with me. You see, I was very lightweight at that time, and I beat him. Any case that time came and passed, we finally came and joined up with the caravan again, and that became a almost forgotten thing. One day, some time later, again we were traveling, and again Nabi Salaam said to the Sahaba, "Taqaddamu, you move on." When everybody was out of sight, again he said to the Aisha, "Radiyallahu ta'ala anha, I'm going to race you again." She says, "This time I had already picked up some weight." And I couldn't run as fast as him. And this time he beat me. The Nabi Salaam said to me, you see the last time you beat me, I have even this cause up now. Now we are level. Now this is part of that light moments that which brought, brings more closeness between spouses. It is part of what we might term again in the big inverted commas entertainment. But the crucial thing in this is that on both occasions Nabi Salaam said to the Sahaba, Taqaddamu, you move on out of sight because now we are going to be engaging in some light moment but this cannot be done in the public arena this will be within the limits of Shariat out of sight of everyone now this is that part which we forget that that entertainment takes the precedence and Shariat and Deen if it can fit in some way in the gap well and good otherwise doesn't matter and when this becomes the mindset this becomes the way that a person adopts then everything about deen also unfortunately, slowly and gradually starts becoming entertainment. Hajj and Umrah start becoming entertainment. A person goes for Umrah, goes for Hajj. Ashallah, he'll make tawaf, he'll make dua, he'll do many things. But on the itinerary, the highlights will be where he's going to go to buy what, and where he's going to entertain himself, and how he's going to spend a good time. And the tawaf and whatever else will be there as well. He'll carry on side by side. But that will be the highlights. Qurbani will become entertainment. 
That way it will be more exciting even if that animal is being distressed. But it must be more exciting. So that is where he will get the fun and excitement. That is where he will be. So that becomes entertainment. And then even learning and teaching of deen will be, by, will be judged by the entertainment factor. If somebody is giving some deeny talk, some discourse, if it's not very entertaining, it'll be boring. Then it doesn't matter. No matter how important, how crucial the lesson might be, what is being delivered. But if the entertainment factor is not there, then this is boring, let it be. And this is what unfortunately is driving many a person to take deen from very, very dubious sources. In the one hadith, Nabi Wasallam says, Inna akhwafa ma akhafu alaykum ba'di that among the things I fear most for you after I am gone that in time to come there will be those who are munafiq they will be hypocrites but they will have a very knowledgeable tongue and they'll be able to say things in a very eloquent way and quote things from here and there and everywhere but totally out of context and as a result people will be swayed by the entertaining way in which it was presented by the twang in the however it was said but what is coming really now this is anything and everything the guidance is coming from YouTube and from where not but what is the end result of it many a person has unfortunately given up the fundamentals of deen people have started doing things which are totally haram because somebody said it somewhere. And that somebody had a very so-called knowledgeable tongue. Quoting ayats, anyhow, he managed to learn some verses from somewhere, distorting it for whatever his agenda is. And he's presenting it in a very eloquent way. But because there's ayats of the Quran Sharif being read out, there's some hadith being quoted, then this has to be right. But now where it comes from, it stems from this entertainment factor. And this entertainment, when this becomes the thing that drives a person then he doesn't stop at entertainment then one thing leads to another then what because there's a void in the heart there's a void which a person is trying to fill but he's trying to fill it with something artificial so now this what he's trying to fill it with doesn't seem to fill it so first from what is we might call innocent entertainment and then he moves on to something which is not so innocent and then which is blatantly haram which is shameless and immoral and he's looking at all kinds of things on his phone and on the internet but where it stems from this entertainment becomes object of life and then every other day every other day and this is no exaggeration every other day there's a complaint from one party or the other that somebody is watching porn in the marriage and as a result this marriage is on the brink of collapse now but where it stems from this became a long ingrained habit from long before when this entertainment took over the life of a person now he became addicted like a person is in denial about drugs people become in denial about entertainment becoming their object of life but if a person has to try and keep that phone away for 24 hours and see how like a fish out of water he feels he'll realize he's addicted that he just he will be totally restless but now when life has to go on, he has to live his life with his family. When the wife has to live her life with her husband, he has to take care of her children. But she's also addicted. She's also addicted to all the whatever else is on that phone. And this is not an exaggeration. Every other day we get an email from some sister 
who is asking for some kind of guidance that please tell me how to get out of this, I'm addicted. Some of them spell it out, I'm addicted. So where it stems from again this aspect. But now what is the solution to this? This void in the heart will not be filled with anything artificial. A person tries to eat an artificial apple, eat some artificial food, is never going to fill his belly. He'll kill himself. Likewise, his heart needs nourishment. And the nourishment of this heart, Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. That the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, and the primary aspect of remembrance is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. The remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, this is what fills the heart. This is what brings that peace and contentment to the heart. Artificial things are artificial. It's like just trying to just eat an artificial apple, some artificial food. It looks terrific. It shines better than the real thing. But it cannot be, it's very harmful if a person tries to eat it. Likewise, this is extremely, can be fatal for a person's iman also, when a person gets too deep into this entertainment and makes it his objective of life. So Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we understand what is our object of life, we come onto this deen, we bring the zikr alive in our lives, the remembrance of Allah ta'ala which primarily is the obedience to Allah ta'ala. Our five times salah, our, all our other aspects of life, we abstain from haram, bring the verbal remembrance of Allah ta'ala alive, till out of the Quran Sharif, and inshallah we'll see how our hearts get filled, and what kind of peace and tranquility and serenity we'll enjoy. Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.